Welcome to We Talk About Movies. I'm Kevin. And I'm Ruth. And this is episode 10, and we are talking about Lion. This is an Academy Award-nominated movie, and surprisingly, it's one that we actually like. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Now, let's talk about Lion. So, Lion the movie. Ruth, you're you're a little bit drained. You've had quite a <laughs> roller coaster of emotions uh, watching yeah. this movie. I did. Apparently, you didn't. I have emotions that just don't <laughs> always come out. In um, tears? Yes. Mine came out in tears. They, they did. Lots and lots of tears. Pretty much. So we Almost the whole movie. We're, we're watching the movie, especially early in the movie when it's the young Saru and his brother Gudu. And Gudu. Yeah, I don't know exactly how you say it, but yes. Um, and very early on in the movie, Ruth reaches over and grabs my hand and... Typically, she won't hold my hand for too long because it'll get sweaty. And she, <laughs> you do get sweaty. I hands. do. I kind of have sweaty hands, but so she, <laughs> she grabs my hand and and doesn't let go until Gudu or sorry Saru is an adult. And uh, it was it was actually pretty special for me because I love having emotional moments with my wife. She's trying to keep it together right now. It, it's hard for her. I'm thinking about the movie. Well, because part of the reason I reached over to touch you because once Saru is finally in the, what I assume to be an orphanage uh, in India, and you see all these poor kids there, and then you've already watched this journey that he's taken to get there. Like, he was just this, and it said at the end, five years old. So I was close. Yeah. Because you asked me during the movie, how old do you think this kid is? I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe six. Yeah. So he was five, and all he did was looked for his brother, got on a train, and then he was trapped and lost and got out of a bunch of bad situations somehow. Yeah. He, made it to an orphanage, and I just looked over at Kevin, and I said, I want to adopt all the kids. Yeah. We we may have to cancel the podcast because we're going to have 800 Indian kids <laughs> move into our house with us. They don't just have to be Indian kids. I mean, I know. there's lots of kids that need good homes in the world. And we've actually always talked about adopting or... We have. Uh, at some point. I mean, maybe... I know it's a very long, hard process. And I don't even know how what goes into adopting a child from overseas I'm sure it's much more complicated. Yeah, but. I actually read a book about adopting kids. I think it was from Ukraine or one of the like <laughs> Soviet Union satellite countries. Um, and I don't know how it is in India, but in Ukraine, it was very, it was very kind of illegitimate in a lot of ways. Like, oh. like you have a you have someone guiding you through the process and this person is essentially telling you, okay, this is how much you have to bribe that person to move through that step of the process. And then you get to the next step and they'll say, okay, now it's the judge and you have to bribe him this much money because, um, I mean, that's how, because you're at the mercy of these people, you know, uh, and they see a way you've got, um, it makes me worry, though, are those kids really kids that need to be adopted? Because if you're just bribing all these people, they could just snatch kids off the street because they're making money. 
So at least the book I read, and I'll have to look up the name of it and um, maybe throw that in the the outro because the intro and outro get recorded later. Um, I'll have to look up the name of it because it, I mean, they were this book. They were getting the kid from an orphanage, so it's like they had a surplus of kids. They didn't need to go okay. kidnap a kid to go make more money off of it. Okay, because I'm like, man, if you're yeah. bribing people, they're like, well, this is an easy way no, for me to I, get money. It, it's the the way they portrayed it in the book was these government officials, judges, you know, whoever is involved in this process, they recognize. Like, I think there were laws specifically that said you had to be present in the country for certain parts of these processes. And so they know. Oh, like, like a lot of people aren't going to do that or can't. Well, can't. well, they know, like, the, these officials have the ability to hold up an adoption for as long as they want, basically. They know you can't just stay there forever. Right. So they'll be like, yeah, the standard processing is four weeks. So you can just hang out here for four weeks. Or why would they do that if they have all these kids? Because they're not looking out for the kids. They're they're trying to get the money. So they'll say, yeah, you can sit around for four weeks or you can give me a bribe and I can do it for you today. And they know so they're still bad. And <laughs> yeah. Wanting money. And again, this is one example of a book, but it was this wasn't a fictional book. It was nonfiction. It was a real family story of getting children from some country overseas i don't remember okay and i have no idea how that relates to india but um yeah it, it was very shocking i'm glad at the end of this movie they said that eighty thousand kids in india disappear every year i'm not glad that that is true but i'm glad that they said it because my question in the beginning where the kids were sleeping near the train yes, station there was a bunch and of them. they all got abducted and I was, I was like, is this something that really happens? What, what's going on here? And it seems like based on the numbers they shared at the end of the post, not post credits, post movie mm-hmm. pre credits, um, it, it, it makes you believe that that is probably true. Right. And I remember leaning over to you in the middle of the movie at that part where they're sleeping in the, terminals uh, at the train station. Yeah. And I, what I assume, and maybe we'll have to look it up or maybe if one of our listeners knows, cause they've already researched it is that those men, I, I assumed they were abducting them for child labor or something like that. That is, yeah, that's probably a fair assumption. I don't know if it's child labor. I don't know if it's something even worse than that. Right. I mean, it could be sex trafficking. It could be child labor. It could be, I mean, all manner of things. But obviously it was not good because the movie obviously portrayed it's a very scary moment. You know, going back to that scene too, he even runs past the guard or I assume he's a guard of some kind. It looked like a police officer or a guard or something. And he was basically... Just letting it happen. And I think it it seems like, and I would love if someone out there is listening and knows more about the reality of child adoption and orphanages and and what's happening in India. I would love for someone to tell me more or, you know, just share a link or something. I'm going to do my own research later, but... Um, yeah, it might help other people too, if they want to know. I think what that's just trying to show is the director of the film being like, look, yes, there's police here, but they don't care. care. They're not going to help. 
Right. And that's kind of what I took away from it because he was indifferent to everything. He let the kid go. Yeah. He didn't stop the kid from escaping, but he didn't stop the adults from kidnapping the kids either. So he was just indifferent to the whole situation. And that was, uh, you know, again, I kept telling you, wow, this, he is, he is so lucky because there was that incident where he could have been abducted. Right. And then the next incident is when he meets this woman as he's walking around and she, you think, oh, good, she's going to help him because she feeds him and takes him home and gives him a bath and is very kind to him. Yeah, and she says, seems very nice. Right. And I thought, oh, okay, this is how he gets to be adopted in the movie because I knew that part. Right. And I thought, okay, well, this is where that's going. But then it turns very creepy when the man, she says, oh, this man's going to come in the morning and he's going to help you. And he gets in bed with him and snuggles with him. And it's real eerie and and, uh, oogie. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it, but you're just like, ooh, this is this is not good. And somehow, as a five-year-old kid, knew that was wrong and ran away. And and now I know this is based on a true story. Who knows if this situation was uh, dramatized for the movie or not? I I don't know. That's my question is, was... How much of it is is true to the story? He had so many opportunities, right, where he could have been captured or gotten into a bad situation that he never would have gotten out of. And I wonder, is that the reality of Saru's story or is that, okay, let's take this opportunity to show you what could happen to a kid like Saru. And what happens to so many of them, probably. Right. Right. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. To look it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that was, it's terrifying to watch. And I guess, you know, that's probably when the tears started coming too, because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this poor child and nobody will help him. And it just, as a mother, now that I have my own child, it's even more difficult to watch because you just think I want to, I want to help this kid. Yeah. Even though he's not mine, I don't care. That's the hardest part for me. And again, I don't know how true it is, but that. You know, assuming it is true what we saw in the movie that a child, a five year old kid, can wander the streets in India for it said two months later. Yeah, after he and he had already been there for some substantial amount of time. Yeah, like a couple days and then two months later and could have been even weeks, but yeah. Um it just it's really hard. We we live in America and uh, unless I am naive and i'm not aware of some something like that happening but that doesn't happen here in america um not often i mean if you if you see a five-year-old kid all by himself calling out for help i can't imagine it would take more than a minute or two here in america until someone comes up and hopefully it's a, a a good person and i think in you know most or almost all cases it would be i would like to think so um but that's really hard and actually it kind of reminded me and this is obviously not as important but it's the only personal experience i have is when i went to costa rica and one of the hardest things about going to costa rica is seeing the dogs there are stray dogs everywhere and that doesn't happen in America, not 
in places in America I've been. I mean, I assume there may be some parts of America where there may be some stray dogs that just roam but around. But nothing like India or yeah, nothing Costa Rica. like you know. We have so many people who devote their lives to helping stray animals and and making sure that they don't have a a bad life. And if, if the movie's correct, they. The, all the system we have in place for stray animals is is not even in place for human beings in other countries right and, and that's really hard to comprehend and right because the orphanage was not a nice place no and and it took him so long to even get there mm-hmm. like people don't just take kids that are abandoned alone to the orphanage he happened to again get lucky that this gentleman was eating across from him and he took him to i I don't really know exactly where he took him but some kind of authorities whether it was the police or or whatnot but they were trying to find out where he was from couldn't figure it out so then he got he gets sent to this orphanage which actually brings me back to another point uh thinking about the movie what happened, I guess, in the middle of the night when they took that kid out? Maybe you understood it better than I did. I because they said like ba- make sure he's back by the morning. I yeah I I mean my was impression that, was that he was going to be abused. Okay, that's kind and, of and what not I, just physically. Okay, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, I, but I didn't know if I I was like, am I reaching or is that what you're supposed to be taking away from that? situation we, we both came to the same impression okay so that's probably what they were trying to demonstrate <laughs> which is just it's awful and you know and i'm sure that that happens not just in india no that's something that i i hate to think but i do too like you don't even want your mind to go there no but i imagine I'm sure it happens It's here. not limited. It That can happen in any country. Yeah, that can happen anywhere. And that's why I got so emotional and reached over to hold your hand because I just thought, I want to save all these poor kids. Because with kids, they, they're so innocent and they, you know, they, they don't have control of their lives because they're children. There's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. You know, this is definitely not one of those movies, even though I liked it, it's not like I want to watch it over and over again, right? Because it's a hard movie to watch. It is, it is, but I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, it, I thought it was a, good a really movie. good movie because it just makes you truly understand what it's like for this one particular kid. And again, most kids aren't that lucky. And I'm not saying that he's lucky that he got lost and... He lost his mother, but you know what I'm saying? Like it could have been so much worse. Right. Yeah. He certainly had a, as bad as it could have been, it turned out almost as good as it could have. I mean, the best solution would have been if he could have gone back to his mother. um, A lot sooner than 25 years. Right. But given that that didn't happen, what did happen is about as good as he could possibly get. So, right. Um, I mean, good for him that he was able to to luck into that situation. Right. And I guess, you know, the other part of me, too, that I thought was interesting 
And I, I wonder if this is true too to the real Saru, because this was based on a true story, is how he got so obsessed over it. But it did not come until much later in his life. Yeah. Because I think he did, as he kind of said in this one scene, well, I didn't, he's talking to his adoptive mother, Nicole Kidman plays her, and says, well, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want you to think I was ungrateful. Right. And I was, he didn't want to hurt her. And so I wonder if he just, I guess he just suppressed it for so long. And then once he was in college with his friends, saw the, it, I, I assume it's like a dessert. Yeah. Or that's so. kind of what I assumed yeah. that he had seen as a child and had never tasted it because they were dirt poor and tastes it. It's like everything came crashing down at that moment because he finally admitted to his friends. I'm actually not from, uh, Calcutta, Calcutta. I'm, I'm still lost to this day. And I feel like, I guess, I wonder if that's truly how it happened for him because he suppressed that emotion, that feeling for so long, and then it erupted into obsession yeah. to find his hometown and yeah. his family. I imagine that's probably. I'm, I I would not blame him. Yeah, it, and, and it all that's makes not, sense. Let me say, I I not I do not fault him for that yeah. at all. I just wonder if that's truly because he it says he quit his job and yeah, I I can imagine that not knowing where you're or knowing where you're from, but not being able to find it and missing your family and could, could definitely be obsessive. And, and yes. And knowing that they've probably been looking for you. Yeah. And he, he didn't want to seem ungrateful to his adoptive parents. And so he probably never felt like he could talk to them about where did I really come from? Things like that. Probably didn't, you know, obviously in the movie was not comfortable sharing even as an adult that he was looking uh, for his hometown. So it was, I, I think the hardest thing for me to see, and again, I can't fault him for it, but the amount of stress he put his adoptive mother under because he wouldn't share the secret, but he was uh, just drawing away from her and it that was hard to watch because she loved him so much and and what was really powerful for me was when she he said i bet you wish you could have just had your own kids and when she said i can't i could have had my own kids i wanted you and she said something that i've actually said to you ruth is part of me feels a little bit guilty for making our own kids because we've talked about that before. There are so many kids that need a good home. And why are we creating new children when we could just give a great home to the ones that need it? But there's also, we want to, you know, we love each other so much and we want to create a child from the two of us. And we've done that twice now. Right. Uh, which is <laughs> Well, and we've always talked about amazing well, doing both because we feel strongly both ways. But yeah, she, she what a what a sacrifice for, uh, on the mother the adoptive mother's part because 
she could have had kids, but they chose to adopt. And look how difficult it was, especially when they adopted the second child. Yeah. And that was, so that's one part of the movie as we're kind of getting into that, that I felt wasn't well developed. That was the only part that I, I needed more. Yeah. I agree. Because I didn't quite understand what was going on. Yeah. So the second child they adopted, I think it was. What was his name? Mantosh. That's close, I think. I, I can't remember, but. Yeah, so he was adopted. He obviously struggled with probably some emotional. some emotional issues even before he got there, and it didn't seem like he ever really grew out of it. And they they didn't give that a whole lot of time. And and the, I understand the stories about Saru, but yeah, the one thing about Saru, the one thing that made sense within the movie, Saru was very. Um, standoffish to this. He came second, but he was older than Saru. So it's this is an older brother. And Saru had already has an older brother back home. And he idolized his older brother. He wanted to do everything his older brother could do. And having ha- already having the perfect older brother and then getting a different older brother and not only a different one, but one that has emotional issues that come from whatever, however difficult his past was, that has to be really hard to... Well, especially as he said, it was hard to watch what it did to his adoptive mother. Yeah. But I would have liked to have learned more about Saru's older brother. I think it was not well-developed and... It just leaves me with so many questions. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to know more because I felt like... That was an important part, too, of what made Saru who he was as as an adult. So I'm glad that you felt the same way, too, because I felt it doesn't make me like them. It doesn't make me think the movie is bad. No, I just wish they had spent some time there. Yeah, I, I agree. Explain exactly what was going on with him, because it's heartbreaking to watch the scene when they first bring him home and he's just violent to himself. Yeah. And I am sure that happens a lot if when you adopt a, an older child because like Saru says later you adopt us and our pasts. Yep. Because that's that's the reality. Mm-hmm. So you never know what emotional trauma they've already lived through, what kind of help they're going to need. Yep. And-, and you know those parents I just they're saints because I can't imagine how incredibly difficult. Yeah, and it it has to be difficult, but they love the kids no matter what. And that's, of course, that's, As I that's what they too. did in the movie. And that's what you would have to do to make that work. And it, but it has to be so hard. Um, and you know what I love too is that they still stayed married and yep. seemed like they had a good relationship. Now it's not something the movie goes into very deeply, but I just, I liked seeing that too. They say that, you know, a death in, a child dying tears almost all marriages apart. I think it's like 80% of marriages don't last when a child dies. It's very um, high. I don't know the exact. And then yes. I'm sure, you know, bringing a child into your home that has severe emotional uh, issues has to be very tough on the relationship between the mother and father. So I, I do hope that the movie was right and they did make it through and they did whatever they could for that boy. Right. 
it, it just makes you feel for that boy too, for for the the brother, Saru's yeah. adoptive brother. And then, of course, to find out what actually happened to Saru's brother, his real brother. Yeah. That made me cry all over again because it turns out he was killed the night. Right. And that. Saru. Well, and it it actually makes you, it gives you, it it makes you wonder what would have happened if Saru stayed on that bench and his brother never came back. Right. Like, did Saru know how to get back to his, because they took a train from their village to wherever the work was. And, would, I mean, obviously people at least speak Hindi there, so Saru could have talked to people and tried to get some help, and hopefully he would have found his way back. But it's not 100% because no. his older brother Took wouldn't, there. would never have come back to him. And that would have been... He would have been so, waiting. So, yeah, he would have been waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, not that, you know, getting whisked off across the country and eventually landing in an orphanage is better, but... Man, he had, he got dealt a really tough hand. Either way, yeah. If it had gone the other way. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he probably would have had a better chance, obviously, of getting home. But yeah. you're right. I mean, neither <laughs> neither way is good. No. It's it's a tough movie to watch, but I, I don't regret watching it. I, I It's really good. I highly recommend seeing it if you're a mother certainly bring a box of tissues if you're a dad just, just, just get ready to hear sobbing i guess be, pre- kevin be prepared didn't... <laughs> to hold your wife's hand kevin didn't cry i was kind of surprised i thought you might get at least a little bit emotional i got emotional but it not to the point where i was outwardly crying not um, like in life is beautiful yeah that movie kills me we haven't even watched that since we've had our son no but yeah, it, it's emotional, but at the same time, number one, it's a movie, so I, I never really know what's real and what's not. And um, it's also a happy movie. I mean, and I typically don't, I don't know that I've ever cried happy tears. And yeah, there's a lot of sad parts of the movie, but... Of Life is Beautiful or... No, I'm, no, I'm talking Lion. about Lion. Okay. Um, He's... He does lose his family, but he ends up with a great family and he ends up finding his mother and his sister. Right. It still makes you feel good. Yeah. So it's a happy movie. And so, you know, I didn't have a reason to cry sad tears because it was happy. Well, I guess, but the journey to get to the happy part, there's a lot of sad parts. Yes, there are. (laughs) And that's probably what got to me. Plus, I'm just, I'm also pregnant. I mean, let's be honest. I'm emotional wreck. Ruth is sitting here (laughs) thinking, she's sitting here seven months pregnant, uncomfortable, (laughs) peeing every 30 minutes. (laughs) We're probably going to have to take a break here in a minute so she can go again. (laughs) Oh, stop it. And she's probably thinking, man, that lady had the right idea. Just adopt those kids. Don't No, I would never, never think that. I love my kids. and I know. Even though I I will fully admit I don't particularly care for being pregnant. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea. But I would still do it again because we have our two boys. So yes. it's it's worth it. Yeah. To anybody thinking about having kids, it's wonderful. Some and you know, some women like being pregnant. They have no problem with it and 
I just, just hate it. <laughs> well, I, I've told you I would do it for you if I could. I, I wish you could. That'd be great. We could, you know, take turns. I'd be totally cool with yeah. that. You go one week, I go the next week. We just well, tag, I meant like, tag team it. <laughs> I kind of meant. All right. Now I, you take seems, the baby. Well, Kevin, it seems more logical, of course, <laughs> that I would carry one baby. You would carry the second baby. Okay. That obviously makes more sense. Okay. We'll do it that way. Okay. Good. I'm glad we cleared that up. But anyway, Lion is good. I highly recommend it. I do want to. I would. Oh, is there another? No, I want to talk about a few things that. Oh, I. um, I, Questions I have that I. Some about the movie, some about the true story. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, when he he said he was from like Ganestale. And, yeah. and the name of it was Ganesh Tale or Tali or similar. It's something so close. But and, he said it as one word right, as a child. Right. But I just feel he spent, according to the timeline in the movie, he spent years once he got in his mind, he wants to find home. It was from 2010 to 2012 before he actually figured it out. And I feel like... Was it really that yeah, long of a yeah, time? It was oh. two years. And okay. I feel like if you just did a quick Google search of Ganesh something, like like in my head, I searched Ganestale, India, and Google would tell me, did you mean the actual name of the city that he was looking for? I mean, well, I, I don't maybe- know if that would actually happen or not, but I feel like... I mean, I feel like he probably had to have tried that. I know. I, I hope he work. did, but that that just seemed a little weird to me that the name of his city was so close to what he remembered. Right, but, but he, he could have been spelling it, it very differently. Because he, like the way they spelled it in the movie, there was an SH in it. And in the true name of the the town, I guess, it's not like that at all. And again, two words as opposed to one word. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe even Google didn't, couldn't do I don't that. Know. I, and, and I would assume again that he must have tried. Probably. I just, I, that's a question I have. The other thing that was never explained is he had this ring of, it could be from this circle out to this circle. And when he eventually found it, it's because he started looking past the outer circle but they never explained why, like what what went wrong in his calculations. Um, I mean, again, you have to remember he was five, right? So this was something no, else I, I wanted to talk about was, first of all, he has a fantastic memory for a five-year-old. Can you remember a lot of stuff when you were five? Because I certainly no, can't. No, but what but, I'm... I just wish that to me is a movie thing. It's not a real life thing, but... The movie Maybe. should have explained why. Give me and and this is also coming from me. I'm a math guy. I'm a numbers guy. I wanted to know how he came to decide that was the area he should look, and what was wrong in those calculations that prompted him okay, to look so, past it. Okay, so my thinking is again. I'm saying he's he was five years old. He doesn't know exactly how long he was on that train. Right. You need to know, math guy, how far you travel at how long at what speed, right? Yeah, I understand so that. But he's he, guessing. He knows. But he's guessing 
first of all, right. so how long was he there? He's yeah. in a couple of days. He could be off by a whole day. You have no idea. You're going by the memory of a five-year-old. I understand that. And that's why he, when he's doing his calculations, needs to take that into account. And that's why his circle was so big, but obviously it needed to be even bigger. And I would just like to know the details about that. Well, I, I wasn't as bothered by it because, again, I mean, he's... He tried to give himself as as close to a radius as he thought was reasonable. So, yeah. I just, again, it's I, hard. I to, get it. I get it that those calculations are hard, and uh, probably a lot of people don't really care. But I'm the type of person that wants to know, you know. And maybe it didn't happen that way in real life. Again, yeah. like you said, I mean that could have been dramatized for the movie. I don't know. Yeah. So that was one thing that I felt. The movie could have done better. You know, generally, the relationship with the older adoptive brother, I think they could have done a better job with that, explaining that dynamic, um, how he actually ended up finding his hometown, wanted a little bit a little bit more about that. And then finally, there were a couple times where um, he was having like a flashback and it would go from flashback to his memory shot of his face thinking about home flashback to five-year-old memory flashback to his face now he's crying a little bit flashback to his memory flashback to his face like it kept going back and forth and some of those i felt like were really drawn out cinematically i I think some of those I, i think they could have probably cut a couple minutes out of the movie by not just doing this, I think they overdid the the See, a I couple bothered. different points where he was thinking back to mm-hmm. five year old me back home. Well, but that's not exactly what it was doing, though. Remember, because he tells her, he goes, "I'm I'm seeing my hometown in my everyday life now." Yeah, I don't think it was necessarily a flashback. It's showing him like he's like seeing it in his everyday now. That's what I was getting. And that's, you know, what, especially when he tells his ex-girlfriend or whatever, that, that's what I think they were trying to portray. Not just that it was a flashback, but that he's living it in his everyday life. He's seeing it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they did it perfectly. I, I didn't mind it at all. That, to to I me, it actually, just, it seemed like I thought too it much. Was interesting. Well, we can disagree. That's yep. fine. We can. I can be right and you can be wrong. That's fine. <laughs> That's exactly how it goes, Ruth. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, those are just some small things that I wish they had done a little bit differently. Overall, I think it was a good movie. It's certainly something that makes me want to go learn more. I, not just, and actually not as much about Saru's individual story. I'm more interested in generally uh, what's it like for a, a kid who finds himself without parents in India. Um, so that's something I definitely want to follow up on. Yeah, it certainly makes you curious about how it, that happens. Yeah. And but, obviously, to it said 80,000 children. Yes, that's a staggering missing. number. It is. But again, I, I would highly recommend the movie. Go watch it if you haven't yet. It's very good. I, I mean, I would give it if we're going to start ranking, let's do it. I, I would say an eight. 
Uh, I thought it was, it was very good. Now, again, not something I'm going to watch over and over and over, but yeah, that makes sense. If you cry the entire movie, it probably deserves an eight. (laughs) I, yeah, I would say a solid eight, eight and a half, you know, somewhere around there. I'm going to go, I'm thinking probably seven. I could six and a half to seven is honestly what I'm thinking. Um, It was good. And again, seven is, is pretty good in my book. Um, some of the unanswered questions bother you, bother me and, and prevent me from rating it higher. But seven still means it's a really good movie. I, I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. Lion gets a seven from Kevin and an eight from Ruth. This movie is an amazing combination of happy and sad at the same time. We love this as a family movie and hope you did as well. If you're following us on Twitter at WeTalkAboutMovi or Facebook, Facebook.com slash WeTalkAboutMovies, you'd know that we are publishing some pretty cool graphics when we announce a new episode. So make sure you follow us and check that out. Also, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Ruth and I both love music, and I'm actually surprised it took this long to review our first musical. But next week, we'll be talking about the new live-action Beauty and the Beast, starring Emma Watson. Is the live-action version better than the original? How well does Luke Evans play Gaston? And how do we feel about Emma Watson's singing voice? Find out next week when we talk about Beauty and the Beast.